Right in there, hello and welcome to the Cynic Weekly, I am your host John Smith and I am back with the, the one and only, the salt to my pepper, I think I've said that the most but it's, it's a good wee line, it's Christopher Somani, how are you Christopher? Evening Louis, terrific, all things good. Celtic are smashing right now. It's uh, it's good to have you back after the last week, um, you had the shits or something. <laughs> yes, um, you know that's uh, top tier subscription content, sure. well, I'll let you know exactly how that went, <laughs> but uh, we'll just uh, brush over that one just now mate, on you go. Good, good to have you back. And we're also joined by uh, the the most handsome cynic of all, of course, it's uh, Eddie Walsh. How are you Eddie? Hello. It's good to be here. Hopefully, you know, maybe I could be like the uh, red chili flake to your salt and pepper. Nice. Nice. I, I like a red chili flake on a lot of things, to be honest, but yeah. Yep. Uh, adding a bit of spice. I like that. Um, listen, I think this is going to be obviously a very upbeat, very positive uh, podcast this week. I, th- I think um, we've probably all been pretty much looking forward to, to getting stuck into it and talking about it. Celtic have... Um, well, have they? Have they got one hand in the trophy? So, Manny, maybe you can... You, well, come to you first. Um, I know there was some uh, tentative takes uh, on the reaction after the game, but um, going to Ibrox, 1-2-1, and two, one, coming from behind um, in, a, in a massive game, a game that they had to win, and we, we spoke about it last week, and obviously <clears throat> you never know what you're going to get, and I think after the 3-0 game, it was a difficult one to gauge. I felt I felt confident getting into the game, but then you knew that they they kind of had to had it all to do really, and and the the kind of factor of the crowd and the, the limited number of Celtic fans and all that sort of thing. How would that play into it? Well, we went and we fucking smashed them. We went two one and and we've dominated life. It's six points clear, six games to go. So Manny, is it is it ours now? Not yet. But it was a significant, significant moment in the title race. Um, going back to the first game, it's the first time, you know, the, the first game, the last game against them, first time we'd beat them in a while. So it was really good to do it in the manner that we did, party atmosphere at Parkhills. Place was bouncing, place was jumping. Um, going to their bit uh, is a different thing altogether. So I wasn't quite as... Conf- I wouldn't even say I was confident. I wasn't quite as sure as some people seem to be before the game uh, about how it would go. But you've got to say, and I know we'll break it down in further detail, we absolutely deserved it. Bar in the first 10 minute spell where we get shooken up a wee bit by the, the, the pace at which they started in the atmosphere. Uh, I think we dominated it from start to finish. And that also proved that the game at Parker's the last time was not an anomaly. It was us basically matching and now surpassing them once more. And it was brilliant, Louis! Come on! Beautiful. Uh, Eddie, your, your kind of thoughts now a couple of days after? How do you look back at things at the weekend? And that was fucking stressful. <laughs> I think fucking I was, was uh, by the way. That was one stressful game to watch. I would, I would say from probably... Uh, from the 65th minute on, I was literally, I was standing up. I just stood up the entire time watching it. And I just remember just kind of just clenching my teeth a bunch, just with every, I think I said on Twitter, with every ball that they threw into the box, I was just terrified. 
and they were throwing a lot of them to the box. But uh, yeah, the defense was incredible. Uh, batted away anything they had. Um, yeah, I think in going into the game, I was I was pretty confident, uh, like yourself. But yeah, definitely the first ten minutes was. I don't know if they looked kind of stunned or you know it. They definitely got us in the first ten minutes. Uh, kind of caught us off guard, maybe. But I think uh, it just goes to show just kind of how solid a team we have and kind of how we're able to correct those mistakes, how Ange is able to kind of correct those mistakes and kind of get us uh, get us going on the right path. And like you said, from then on, it was just kind of only a matter of time before we scored. So, Yeah, I mean, the, Samani, we sat last week and, you know, we looked ahead to the game and, and spoke about, obviously, I think at that point we knew that Kyogo was back in training and, you know, things were looking good from that point of view. The game came around, Heart and goals, Juranovic, Karavikers, Starfield, Taylor. So the back five that we were kind of we knew and expected. Midfield three, Tom Rogic get the shout, um, which I think you had you had called. For, well, not you, um, but it was called for on the weekly. Um, although I, I personally thought that O'Reilly would have come in, to be honest with you. And then um, we had Jota, Maeda, and Giamakis up front, and, and Kielgo was not on the bench uh, at all. Did that surprise you? I mean, I think Andrew said that I was listening to, uh, I think it was the BBC Sports Sound podcast, and he was on that. Andrew's talking on it, and he was asked about Kyogo, and he said that Kyogo would, you know, there's big games coming up. They thought we could get by this game without him, and he'll be, he'll, he'll definitely feature at the weekend, kind of thing. Did that surprise you? I mean, I, 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 in hindsight, we won the game, so aye, it's the right decision. But, you know, I think we probably would have been asking questions the fact that Ange had said that he was fit and it was only James Forrest that was definitely out and then he doesn't appear. When it happened before the game, what were you feeling about, feeling about it? I didn't expect him to start, but I thought even being on the bench would have been a major psychological boost, you know, just in terms of even if he didn't feature, just him being there. You know, if you could have called on him if we needed to at some point, I think that would have, you know, G'd the team up and it certainly would have G'd the support up. But I must admit, him not being there in the comments from the manager saying, and uh, we thought we could do without him in this one, mate, you know, that, that's the sort of gold that you, you take from it, you know. But he is absolutely right. We have to play them another twice. So, in the, you know, there's a potential cup final after that and then. Let's be honest. Games like Saturday are as just as important as you know. It's it's all cliches, but every single game just now is a must win. So having Keogh go back for the last you know six, seven, eight games, whatever it ends up being, is crucial. So to get through that and you're more able to ease them in uh, is is a tremendous boost, especially when you see uh, across the other side of the city that their main striker will not be back this season. So you know we've had to do without Keogh for a long time. Um, and that's another testament to the strength of the, the team spirit and the squad that we've managed to do that but we're getting them back now at the absolute perfect time so you know disappointed when he wasn't on the bench uh, at the weekend but really just looking forward to seeing him in the team again Yeah it is I think something like um, we've played 15 games uh, domestically in, in, in the league or just domestically yeah, um, you, with, without him yeah, like w- w- without him, and you know we haven't we haven't get beat. I mean, 
as Samani rightly points out, you know, they're they're obviously without their striker and maybe he is more crucial to how they play Morelos and the fact that he's gonna be out for the for the rest of the season now, you know, is probably you know, they'll all be shitting themselves. They're, they're fucked basically. Whereas we've not been. And and guys like Giamakis, despite the fact that a lot of people like to stress his his limitations and all that sort of thing. We have managed to, as a team, not let that hamper us, and and really we it probably should have. You know, we're we're not a team that's been performing as a team and as a unit for years upon years. We're a new team and it's infancy, and yet we've managed to deal without Kyogo. And it does get you thinking, fucking hell, what could we be with him? Yeah, I really think like uh, like you said, it should have happened. And I think for the amount of games that we've been without. Kyogo in particular, but just how many injuries we've had in general to key players and, you know, makeshift lineups, players kind of playing out of position. You know, it's, I'm, I feel like one of the guys said on the agenda or something like that, but just, just thinking back to where we were and started the season is it's unbelievable to see where we are now and kind of, you know, what we were, kind of hoping for the best this season, you know, for like at least a strong end of the season, we've gotten much more than that from players, from Ange. Um, it's just been kind of more than expected. And I think, uh, again, that just goes to show how strong the team is as, as a unit and just Ange's leadership as well. You know, it's, it's truly incredible that he's kind of gotten his philosophy uh, to, you know, brand new players coming in in January, but also, you know, players that aren't used to playing the way that, you know, he wants them to, and he's getting a tune out of everyone. And that's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's miraculous, really. I, de- I definitely wanted to talk a wee bit more about Ange and, and the kind of season overall uh, later on. But firstly, before we move on, Samani, are you doing this podcast in front of a live studio audience? Could you uh, expand on that? People keep coming to the fucking door. Is everything all right in that house? It's just it's, it's a family home, Lou. You know, it's a family home. Just people come and go. A bit of respect for your for the for your dad's privacy. That's what I'm saying, kids. You know. Um. No. No. I, I just mute and I say yes. You can have a drink. Biscuits are there. <laughs> you know, I'm a multitasker. Don't you worry about that. Lagers in the fridge. Um. How how um. I mean, how damaging, Sotmani, you, you brought up the kind of contrast between the this this game, and we'll, we'll talk obviously more about the kind of key points in the game and all that sort of thing, but the fact that we won a different way, we kind of did blow them away and we kind of demonstrated the philosophy that Ange has and, and how he wants us to play on our best day kind of thing, and, and we showed that in the 3-0 game. This game... We we overcame adversity. We we went a goal down, but we battled and we won and we won up won ugly to a certain extent. Although we'll come on to the chances that we had, but you know I think this is almost more of a damaging psychological victory than what the three 0 game was. Would you agree? Yeah, because <clears throat> because it was it was at home with the overwhelming majority of the support. And it was almost like let's right the wrongs of 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 the last game. You know, you know that they've had some good results in Europe in the the period in between. So some of the narrative around this is, you know, we're playing at a different level. You know, beating Dortmund and then beating Red Star and and, and things. And 
you know, it, may, it maybe wasn't explicit, but you could feel that the, uh, the, the, the feeling from them was that the 3-0 game, we kind of, you know, smashed them, if you will. We kind of came out the traps, caught them uh, on the hop, and, you know, that that's what kind of caught them cold as opposed to anything else. Even after that game, Ryan Jack was the best player in the park. We were the greatest team in the second half and all that, which we all know was nonsense, but it was built into it. Now, they had they built themselves up to to win this game, to peg his back, you know, or even Stevens at the top of the league. I don't think they countenance any other result in their head. And then after 10 minutes when, you know, poster boy for uh, expensive uh, January signing loans, um, Aaron Ramsey scored, I think that was a justified signing. You know, everything was kind of turning against us. You know, it, it, it was the trajectory. To then come back, because one of the famous phrases that you always get in these games is the commentary, commentator telling you, when the last time somebody won one of these games after going behind, you know, it, you know, and then that happened and it was a kind of hammer blow to them. And the, the thing that was most frustrating for them as well, I would say, is that they had no answer to it. They had no, they didn't really look like scoring. It they was had a like, whole half, a whole yeah, half of football to try and salvage something. And, and they never done, and it was a lot like us against them. There was times when we went behind against them and I just thought, we are not scoring. We're not scoring, and there was a, there's a hopelessness in that that it, it's kind of hard to pin down. I think they got that on Sunday. So, in terms of the the psyche and the psychology of the result, I think it's massive. So, Eddie, We'd, so Eddie, um, Eddie we, we did have a shit start. <laughs> Obviously, we um, we conceded a goal in the first three minutes, and. I think that was one thing that we could all kind of hang our hat on, the fact that they were going to come out and go for it right from right from the kick-off. Um, and, I mean, sitting with my, my pals watching the game, I think in the lead-up to it, before kick-off, we all thought, just get through the first 15 minutes. If we can get through the first 15 minutes and settle, kind of settle the crowd down, settle ourselves down, then we'll grow into it and, and we'll we'll try and because Andrew obviously he, he talked about before the game and he always talks about how he, his team are going to dominate the ball we're not going to change we're going to play that certain way um, but that is easier said than done when you're going away to an away ground and the atmosphere is what it is how worried were you when the goal went in I mean I, I, mean, I know it only took you know four minutes later and we were back to 1-1 but there was a feeling at that point that fuck, we need to get it together. And maybe I don't know if it's just me, but I had, had a horrible feeling that we were going to let the chance slip, kind of thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, I think especially kind of the way that we looked. Um, you know, we knew that they were going to press high, but they were pressing really high, and I feel like, um, you know, we were having trouble kind of playing out of the back like we do sometimes, and. You know, I think Starfeld and CCV were both kind of, they looked uncomfortable at times uh, with no outlet. I mean, obviously for the goal, Juranovic was, I don't know what he was trying to do there, but he was, you know, absolutely ghosted. Uh, and then no one really picked up Ramsey in the middle for the goal. So, you know, I feel like that goal, <laughs> judging on how we played in the first 10 minutes, you know, they they deserve that goal because they got us, you know, they shocked us, I think, in the first, in that first 10 minutes. But I think, uh, you know, once we did score that goal, I do think things settled down a bit, obviously, especially because of who scored it. <laughs> you know, they, they know what happens when uh, when Big Tam goes to Ibrox. So, yeah, I think I was definitely nervous, definitely nervous in the beginning because, 
you know, when we've seen games where the players look like, you know, they kind of look scared, not scared, but just they kind of look uncomfortable. Um, sometimes that doesn't work out too well, especially when we get pressed high like that. I think that's kind of, you know, not, not an inroads to beat us, but that's definitely an inroads to kind of shock us for sure. And it, and it worked for them, but um, yeah, it was, <laughs> it was definitely scary. The, the first five, five to 10 minutes. Yeah. So Manny, I've got a, um, I've got a comment on your, um, your fucking snidiness uh, on the reaction uh, the comment to Lorenzo of what age are you? Were you alive in the nineties? That that kind of patronising shit for the nineties. Um, you you, you, you snide. If it was snidey, I wouldn't have said it's snidey. I turned to my left. Yeah. What what age are you, you wee dick? Were you some alive hazing. in the nineties? Some hazing going on. It's, no, no, it's, no, no. It's, cla- it's it's classic. Uh, some and gal together. It, it, it's classic. It's classic old dick pattern, but that it's based on a genuine a genuine belief I have that when you were traumatised growing up watching Celtic during the 90s, you are programmed to not believe the best. And Lorenzo being young and handsome, unlike myself, he's not programmed that way. Um, so I don't think I was being snidey um, to Lorenzo. I was just projecting on my own insecurities when it comes to Celtic. I think, I think just one thing I wanted to say before we move on was... Uh, how they set up for the game. It was very ceremonial-like for them. You know, they had the old firm plastered everywhere. They were giving oh, out things to hold, things in the front, uh, you know, fire and shit like that. You know, so I think that's what even made it even better, not only for us, but even worse for them, because they literally, you know, they thought that they were going to go there and win that game and set up like as such. And I think the best thing was the day after, well, or even the same day, I think, was that photo of the old firm sign next to the fucking uh, <laughs> the dumpster. That's I mean, they were, they were expecting to celebrate. So I think that's what makes it even better. And obviously the fucking assholes with the, you know, taping themselves to the games and, you know, the reactions that yeah. they got. It's we. I'm, I'm going to live off this content from just this game for years. I mean, this is... Incredible stuff. See, see, with the, see with the old firm stuff as well. See if they'd won, you know, that would have had a different, maybe have a different context. I mean, it, is, it, it seemed to me a bit embarrassing because of, you know, what they were trying to say. You know, it was essentially saying we're the same club. But because we ended up winning, it looked as if, they, you know, they, they were just trying to hang on to our coattails, you know. Um, so the same narrative completely the, changed on it. With the Australian, I mean, that's that was that was the reason they dropped out, right? Was yeah. that was real? So I think you know on the back of that, it's just they're so fucking embarrassing. It's amazing. Plenty, plenty of content for the only Fenians uh, account. Don't worry about that. Um, <laughs> did we? You know, I, I think we have like, listening to Super Scoreboard and and reading. Like, I'm sure, like everybody, everybody's just whether you listen to these things, you know, probably don't listen to it every week. But after a game like this, you want to soak up as much mainstream media content that she absolutely can but it seems like they are in fucking full full on meltdown mode like 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 to a certain extent we were to be honest with you maybe where we were last year i think there's a lot of parallels in terms of not strengthening from a from a strong position which obviously they did have last year and and they're suddenly 
scrutinising the whole setup behind the scenes and their signings and all that sort of thing. And it just shows you the the complacency that can creep in when you do have some sort of success. Now, obviously, we had sustained success over a long period of time and, and great success at that. They won one title and took their eye off the ball, you know. And it, it, there's a there's a lot to get in there, and I'm I'm sure we'll kind of. Uh, talk about that more later but um, getting back to the game itself Samani that you know Cal McGregor Cal McGregor I thought was was brilliant on the day but to do what he done you know put us in that position with that driving run forward you know after going down grabbing kind of grabbing the game by the scruff of the neck and going no we're going to fucking get back into this he gets us up the pitch ball eventually obviously kind of uh, breaks to to Tam and Tam's the, the coolest man in the stadium and puts it away. That was that was massive and it, it seemed to crush them. Like they they weren't the same after that. It crushed them. A couple of things from it. I mean, it was it'd have been the easiest thing in the world for McGregor to you know play it safe at that point. But he was brave. He took the uh, game by the scruff of the neck at that point and kind of drove into the box and, and and got over from there. And in terms of of crushing them, I think you're right, because they were on the crest of a wave, you know, you know, there's every there's every kind of possibility that if we hadn't equalised that quickly, you know, that they might have kind of, because just after they scored, there was one where the ball went to the back post, and, and if Kent had been maybe a bit sharper, it could have been two, but then when we equalised that quickly, it took the wind completely out of their sails, and I think more importantly than taking the wind out of their sails, it allowed us to believe in ourselves again, because you hear about the manager Trusting in the pro, you know, talk about trusting in the process, reiterating, you know, you still had Starfelt and Hart trying to play out for the back away at Ibrooks, you know, and I said it and I'll still say it <laughs> in a lot of the occasions. I'd quite like to have seen them go along to Jack and Marcus, but your manager's not going to change, team's not going to change, and that goal took the wind out of their sails, but allowed us to believe in ourselves again. So you're absolutely right, it was a pivotal turning point, and, and, and from there on in, we were the only side in the game. Sorry, Eddie, on you go. <laughs> no, I was just going to say about the, uh, that goal in particular, kind of how they celebrated it or didn't. You know, Tam just kind of, you know, knew that there was still a job to do, so kind of turned around, you know, slapping five. But when you saw McGregor kind of go in and kind of, you know, gather everybody in and you see him talking, you know, and I, and I feel like, you know, we've said it many times this season about how he's kind of come into the role, but um, it was just, I don't know, in, the, in those moments you just fucking feel like it's going to happen. You know, it it felt like when we were dominating the league, the same thing with that 3-2 game, I think. Uh, Graham mentioned it. Um, you know, we just knew that we were going to win that game, 10 men or not. I just like, I don't know, I think this was kind of a watershed moment for us, like Sir Manny said, but also a watershed moment for uh, uh, them as well. So, Yeah, I mean, uh, Andrew had spoken, I think he'd spoken in the build-up to the game about um, the kind of mental resilience of the team and... and you know, not being, I think it was put to him, I'm sure it was put to him in an interview about, you know, going behind and things like that and and how he, he spoke about how it, we're trying to get it into the player's heads that it doesn't affect him, that we keep playing, that there are solutions out there, that no matter what happens, that we our football has the solutions to, to unlock whatever the difficult situation is. And I'm sure from a psychology point of view, you know, it's fantastic and he's, he is saying all the right things. 
But that really did. I mean, he he said it a few a few days before the game, and then it played out exactly as he said. I mean, we went, we were a goal down, and it did not deter us. Arguably, it settled us, and in a strange way, it settled us. And we played our better football. We suddenly kind of kind of got a grip on things, and I don't think it was a case of you know how sometimes it's like you see a team. And it's as if they've taken like sniffing salts and they're like suddenly awake, like they were sleeping and suddenly it wasn't like that. I didn't, I didn't necessarily feel that was the case. It was just like there was a, everybody took a breath after that goal went in for them. Everybody took a breath and went, right, come on, let's go. Let's do what we know, you know what we got to do. And we get the goal back and we start playing some lovely football. I mean, Cal McGregor, Tom Rogic, I thought uh, Dyson Maeda. At that point, they were the three that I was really looking at. To seem to, they seemed to be the, one that, the ones that were creating things. I thought Jota wasn't really doing too great in the early stages of the game. And then Hatati, which I'm going to come on to as well, I really didn't think he was he was doing much at all. But you looked at them, and again, it's maybe about leadership. And we've spoke about this with Tom Rogic, so Manny, you, you know, you've spoke about it in the past and, and spoke about it in the reaction. He is suddenly a player that has become a leader in the team and someone to set a standard and him and Callum McGregor seem to be the ones that kind of as again took the game by the scruff of the neck you know what I mean and it was massive I think massive for, for Tom Roger. Uh, let, let's kind of get into individuals and maybe start off with him how did you think he played so many? I mean at times he was wonderful you know I mean it's obviously when he came off about 60 minutes or whatever because his job was done you know he didn't he didn't start the game and you know boss it all the way through but just the key points he made the difference and at points he looked as if he was playing the game in slippers and that's exactly what you want from him now that's that's good management from the manager because Roger isn't going to always be able to go gung-ho all the time but the manager knows the, the quality that he possesses and the key points. There was one ball that he played, you know, it was like bringing the ball out and I'm sure he played, the, the one that he played up for, was it Maida, I think? And it was just, it was like, I, I remember, I think it was Gal at the time said, just get that up there. And then he says, or oh, just play an absolutely sublime football. Do you know what I mean? It was almost <laughs> like, you're bringing this out of danger and then he does that. He's finished as well. He made it look easy, but it was, it was anything but. He had to get over the ball. And that's, that's vintage Tam. I mean, he has made a career out of scoring big goals, you know, and big goals against them, and that was yet another one. Um, I thought he was he was one of the best players in the park for us. Um, really, really good to see. And as I said, when he came off, it was like, job done, you know, just big cigar, off we go. Absolutely. Um, I... You know, I I wrestled with it. Obviously, I wrestled with it, the idea, um, Eddie, of should it be Tam or should it be O'Reilly? And I thought, you know, going away, away at Ibrox and knowing, obviously, that they were going to go for it, that it would be a frantic game and end-to-end, especially in the early stages, um, my head overruled my heart and I thought, put O'Reilly in because he's maybe going to give you more in terms of energy and things like that. But 
someone said it on one of the podcasts. I can't. I can't it was probably on the reaction uh, actually. So it was maybe some Annie that said it, but someone said, you know, choosing between them. Tam can do things that no one else can, and O'Reilly can't do the things that Tam can do because no one can. And the, the way it was put on on the reaction, it, it just hit the nail on the head for me. I was like, why the fuck did I doubt him? Because you're exactly right. He does things that no one else can do. And it, it doesn't matter if you've got the running ability or whatever else. Tam is just a different kettle of fish altogether. Do you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. And I, and I do think, you know, we've said it many times before, uh, I think with the way O'Reilly's played since he's come in, you know, you wouldn't necessarily be angry with either or playing. Um, but, you know, I was definitely happy to see uh, Rogic uh, start the game. And I do think I, I find a lot of parallels between how they look and how they play uh, O'Reilly and Rogic. Obviously, O'Reilly is still a very young guy, hasn't, you know, has to build on kind of the things that he can do well. But Rogic is kind of at the peak of that right now. So when you need him to, say, hold the ball up or make a run and, and hold off, I mean, that's probably my favorite thing that Tam does is kind of he gets the ball on a half turn, has his arm out, kind of, it's almost like a basketball defender, just kind of throwing, you know, just kind of throwing defenders. Uh, and then laying the ball off perfectly, you know, and that's exactly what we needed. It was almost like the first 10 minutes or, you know, first kind of 20 minutes, he was kind of, you know, struggling with, you know, some of the other players. But I think it was very much kind of like a call to arms sort of thing. You know, you just saw him just kind of, you know, snap out of it, like you said. And I think that's what big players do. You know, that's that's what, um, uh, you know, we expect from the players that have been here long. Uh, you know, a long time. And I think like Sermeni said, it's just, it's such a joy to watch him. It really is. And I think this season, everybody is so incredibly happy that it did work out. I know uh, Gal was talking about, you know, at the end of last season, kind of everybody was just going, eh, you know, good luck to him. You know, we had some great memories, but I mean, he's been incredibly pivotal to not only how we play, but a lot of the results we've gotten this season. So um, yeah. yeah, he was there when we needed him. He, um, <clears throat> to me, he looked like a guy who'd won things. Like he looked like a winner. He looked like a champion. He's been over the course before. He knows exactly what he's doing, and um, you, you, you certainly need people like that. Um, so many we, you know, the the first half. I think the first half overall. I, I sat at half time, and although I, I had found it a difficult watch, and I certainly didn't think we played. We, we didn't play anywhere near our potential or anywhere near what we did in that, that kind of, especially the first half in the 3-0 game. Um, I thought our, some of our passing was really sloppy, very frustrating, very, like especially early doors. But I still thought, you know, sitting at halftime that we had the better chances. That You know, if we had taken some of our chances, there would have been a bigger gap already uh, at halftime. But before we maybe talk about that, the goal by Carter Vickers, um, great finish for the big one, to, to be fair to him. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> the, the, the foul leading up to the free kick was, it was a shocking challenge um, by Lundstrom, and it was needless as well, you know, and that's something that we can warn against our own players doing because of our perceived inability when it comes to defending set pieces. But it allowed Jota to put in a ball, which at first glance to me just looked 
shite, to be honest. It looked kind of loopy, but um, when Starfelt got up to it and there was a bit of a kind of stramash in the box, he just turned and hit it low. And that's, you know, that's what you really you really want to do. I mean, we'll maybe come on and talk about the Abada, second Abada chance. That's what Abada should maybe have done in terms of, um, you know, um, it was the second one he had, sorry. It makes it much more difficult for the goalkeeper because if you actually see the replay, it, it kind of takes a touch off uh, two players' uh, legs. But when you hit it with that pace and low like that, you know, it's really, really hard to keep it out. And he done phenomenally well for a for a centre-half to finish like that. Um, and I was delighted because I thought it capped a phenomenal performance by him um, throughout the entire game. And um, at that point, you know, I did, we did deserve it, you know, um, to go forward at that point. But you were just, the, for the turnaround after going a goal behind to go 2-1 up just before half-time, psychologically, was brilliant. The uh, the hipsters of the Strathbungo CSE would say that uh, Starfelt's better than C- uh, uh, CCV. I think uh, I think that's bullshit. I think we all know that. Um, he has, you, he has, you, you genuinely come into most podcasts now with a Father Ted style and now onto the liars list, don't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. I like to take shots at people. Oh, um, it's the, welcome to the weekly vendetta. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think Samani's right there, Eddie. It was just a, mag- a, a massive psychological thing to go in, to get that goal right before half time and to go in 2 1, uh, 2 1 up. Obviously, um, you know, we, we we saw the kind of carry on with the, the bottles and. On the on the pitch and stuff like that, and there was a hell of a lot of ugly shit that went on in that game, and it, you know it, it's not surprising, you know, and I, I don't want to dwell on it too much. We're all going to have the same opinion on it, but how were you feeling going into that second half? Uh, you know, did did you have the same worry that there was going to be an onslaught? Because I, I personally, I didn't. I thought I was actually more confident. I mean, you should be because you're two one up. But I, 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 I genuinely didn't worry the same. I didn't think that they were going to come out the traps the same because they did look damaged after we got that second goal. Yeah, no, I, I, I felt the same way. I think I kind of got my confidence from before the game back after that second goal because I, I think also you just see the players' reactions to that goal. You know, they, they knew how important that was, and they knew kind of. Uh, what that meant for the rest of the game. Uh, so I think all of those kind of, you know, for the most part felt that way. Obviously, as the game went on, it got a little bit more stressful. But I, I, I do think um, ultimately it wasn't necessarily like they had a ton of chances. It was just kind of chucking balls into the box, like us versus Livington, Livingston type, you know, type stuff. Uh, you know, but even still, obviously, that's a nerve-wracking thing for a team that doesn't necessarily <laughs> defend those situations uh, uh, that well. But I think going into the second half, I definitely had that confidence. I think, uh, you know, again, with Carter Vickers and Starfelt, I, I, it's really tremendous how both of those guys have kind of come into their own as a unit, but also together. And I think, uh, you know, props the whole back line, really. Uh, Juranovic had his, his little stutter. But I think uh, all of them were just fantastic. That that Juranovic starter, by the way, was fucking over egged on the commentary, and I think I think Alan McCoyce is doing that deliberately because of Barisic. See, because Barisic was was ridiculed for that first game, he was like 
Don't get me wrong, I know he was it at was... fault for the goal, right? <laughs> but he was fucking over-egging the pudding. The prick. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure it was. Luckily, I don't have to listen to that, but <laughs> I, I get to listen to uh, Tom Boyd say everything's a red card. So, uh, but yeah. yeah, no, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's kind of the hammer blow, really. They, they, they were never going to come back from that. And like you said, you could just tell. You could just tell from the way they reacted and just what the way they've reacted, you know, for the, besides last year, kind of, you know, the 10 years before that, you know, they're, they're just kind of there that they're there for us to pick on, you know, and we decide when we're going to pick on them, you know, and we stopped last season, but this season it's back again. The, when it comes to, I mean, we're over and I mean, I've said consistently, you know, I understand what Celtic lost uh, in Christopher Iyer and his ability to bring the ball out from the back. But see right now, I, I'm just, I'm going to praise every single one in that back four. Back five as well. In fact, Ralston too. The keeper to come in and do what he's done is frightening. Yes, we know he's not the best with his ball, the ball at his, his feet. Great, great save for the Sakala. Down the, only, the, only, the only save he made and it was, it was down to his left, which apparently he can't do. Yep. No, well, yep, and it was it was a great save. So Taylor, you know, I'm a guy that's maligned Taylor in the past. Taylor was excellent. Juranovic has been excellent for us. And see when Ralston came on, worth the admission fee alone for that tackle. And the two <laughs> centre halves, the two centre halves, regardless of their you know, whatever he's their, their mediocrity on the ball or whatever you want to say, they've been rock solid. The best defence in the league. So uh, see that, that that that's been the backbone of what we've done this season. Those six players, if you're going to put Ralston into it, because he deserves every bit of respect as well. Um, you just need to take your hats off to him. You know, Angie's in the job. He's going to be thinking forward in terms of what he's looking for next season. He might be thinking he needs somebody to play out for the back. He might want to upgrade at left back. Might want to upgrade the keeper. That's fine. See right now, hats off to him. They've been phenomenal, especially to come in. Carter Vickers at the last minute, heart on a free, a guy who nobody wanted. And Starfelt's came in, had some difficult moments, but he's really been solid overall. Three cheers for the Celtic defence. Aye, they were um, they, they were fantastic. I think you're right. Um, and and uh, you know, we're getting to the we're getting towards the end of the season, and obviously we're um, you know there's there's still a lot to play for, and you know I'm, I've certainly I'm convinced the treble's in the bag, but well um, I, I'm sure the rest of you, the rest of you will be. Um, that's key. That's harpoon pattern. Kieran Harren did that under Dyla and God uh, bless Harpoon. Um, but um, you know, I, I think you're right, especially the two centre halves. I mean, you both said that they were they were just immense, um, just fantastic. They, you know, we spoke about Tam McGregor as well. I think McGregor was fantastic and obviously pivotal to to getting his back into the game and things like that. Rio Atati, um, you know, to to put a slight negative on it, Eddie, um, he was fucking pish. Like, he was so far off it. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously he got taken off no long after he was, ch- he was chasing Aaron Ramsey, I think, and he, he, f- he was, like, towing a caravan, he was fucked. Um, it's disappointing, isn't it? And I know that people say he's played 40 billion games already this season and all that sort of thing, but I, I, I would rather not see him. No, I, I don't want to see him again till next season. Push. I, 
<laughs> See, it's 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 difficult. I, I do think, uh, you know, you have to take all of that into account, but also you also have to call it like we're seeing him play. You know, it's not necessarily, you know, what he can do. We We know what he can do, but I would say the last string of games, he's not doing that you know, uh, at least more consistently than he was uh, before. So I think I would say maybe that this, this for me might've been one of his worst games, you know, not to get too crazy about it, but I I, I just do think that he was kind of pretty slack with passes for a while, um, especially in the first like 15, 20 minutes. Um, And then, like you said, I feel like by the 60th minute, he just, I feel like, I mean, he just looked completely gassed, you know, like not necessarily tracking back like he usually does, uh, you know, kind of on the flip side, the, almost like the complete opposite of what Maeda was doing the entire game. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it's tough. I think I'm more excited to see him kind of, you know, have some time off and come back with a new season, you know, kind of from the start, uh, you know, to see how he kind of beds in. But you know, he's, there's talent there. I just think it's it's tough to not see it consistently, but also at the same time, you know, if Andrew believes in him, Andrew believes in him. You know, there there are other players that can play where he's playing right now. You know, so if if he wants to play other players there, you know, go for it. Go on, Sir Manny. My shin, my shins are showing. Go on, studs up. Go. I said it's. I mean, about three weeks ago, it was Maida. I mean, he's 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 just like crap. He's just he's just garbage. And yet the running that Maida did yesterday. Look, I mean, Hatati came in and played three games: Hibs, um, Rangers, and away at Tynecastle, and set set standards that just had to salivate. And he has fallen off a cliff, but you know the performance that he put in in Sunday wasn't particularly good, but it, it wasn't like eye-wateringly disgraceful or anything like that that makes me think I don't think that you should be involved between you know now and the end of the season we've got enough in there that we're going to rotate you know the manager will pick certain players for certain games you're going to see Hitati hit the ground running next season and the same with O'Reilly you know you're, that's where you're going to see the best of them and Maeda I would say as well what we're getting out of them just now, we've already had enough out of Hitati. We've already had enough out of Maeda to make me think they've really contributed this season. So, um, no, no, you'd be daft to say that he's not, you know, that the start he made, you'd be daft to say that it's not disappointing that he's not been able to sustain that. But I still think he's got a contribution left this season and I think you'll really see it from him next season. And you know what? You should be a wee bit nicer because we see you getting all upset when people slag Gigi. So just, you know, don't worry, we'll, we'll, we'll come on to him. And, um, and, we, and we all know who the more talented footballer is. So. Oh, no, I, I, I didn't say who. That's up to you to decide. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you to double down, Louis, on that one. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just think at, at this point when we're, you know, whether people are comfortable saying this or not, we're going for a treble now. And, and a treble is... Treble, treble we've already won, according to you. So it's well, I, I mean, I, of course, but you know that that's you know our our objective now is to go and win this fucking treble. Uh, I, I, that's the main thing I'm taking away from from the weekend and where I'm at right now is that you know we've got a game against them on Easter Sunday and and uh, in the cup. 
our main focus now is is not just to win this league, it's to go and win a treble. And and we'll come back to, to how we've got there and all that in a wee second, but you can't have you can't be sentimental about things. I, I think you're right, Samani. I think Hatati has he's he's given us something, he's played his part, he's came in, he had those three really good games, as you say, he's contributed to things. I just don't think you can be sentimental and carry somebody who's clearly out of form and struggling a bit, especially when you've got the likes of, you know, Beaton came on, I thought Beaton done really well, and, and you guys said similar on the reaction. You know, you've got Beaton, I'm not saying you necessarily start Beaton, but he's somebody who... I think you could rely on more right now. I think Idaguchi, another person who we've not had the chance to see a hell of a lot, sadly due to injury and things like that. Could Idaguchi be the one to come in and, and again, contribute something over the, the next couple of games? It, it just Hitati, I think he's done his job. He's done what he's had to do. But the guy, I don't think you're going to really help him out by keeping him in the team and, and playing him for too much longer. But again, this is probably a conversation for an time, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I think it's just a verdict on the performance, not on the player. You know, yeah. Uh, it, yeah. Was, it was just a poor game. That's all. Um, I do think I would probably disagree with maybe starting Bitton because I feel like he's kind of done well in that kind of kind of calming things down, coming in at the end of the games. Um, which another thing, I mean, kind of you look at the subs that Bitton and Ralston, and at the end of the game and. You know, usually you would look at that and go, oh, shit, you know, like what, but, you know, they, they both did exactly what they were called in to do. You know, it, it looked exactly, it, you know, exactly like two players that had a mission and they both, you know, completed that mission. Uh, so I think that also kind of adds on to the uh, kind of edge effect as far as, you know, controlling games and getting through them. Uh, where I feel like maybe in Europe, especially, or, you know, early on in the season, we had trouble kind of getting through games at the end. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do think Hatate will come, you know, he'll come good. I just think, uh, yeah, just a tough game for him. Uh, so Manny, I'm going to, uh, going to give you a double dunter uh, with these two. Um, Maeda and, and Gigi, I thought, the two of them, their work rate, the amount of energy they put into that game was phenomenal. Um, and they didn't have, I think someone said it, you know, they didn't maybe have the big moment in terms of a goal or, or anything like that, but they just worked so fucking hard. for And, and again, it goes back to the philosophy that the managers instilled in them, that everybody plays a part. The minimum requirement is that you work your fucking ass off for the team. But they two looked like guys who were no out for themselves. Maeda and Gigi were not trying to further their careers and get a goal and be the star of the show. It was, I need to run, I need to do this to help out my teammates to get us this victory. And they set the bar for me. I, I thought the two of them were brilliant and uh, for different reasons. And I know it's not the, the kind of headline goals and all that sort of thing, but see from a sheer work rate point of view, I bet all of their, their teammates came off that pitch and went, fucking here, you were brilliant today. Yeah. I, I know you're trying to shoehorn Gigi into it, but uh, I, I think Maida, Maida set himself apart from from anybody else in terms of work rate. I'm not, I'm I'm only kidding when I say that. I'm not very slag Gigi. I mean, I spoke about him on the reaction. Probably stylistically was a bad game for him, but he certainly contributed. His ball through to Abada was 
something special. Um, the, you know, the first chance that Abada had. But if we're talking about Maeda, I mean, just see even if you're not... These these are the games where him doing what he did makes a massive difference. See when um, Juranovic was kind of struggling, you know, they, he switched Maeda over and he was back helping him out to kind of steady the ship. You know, you see him in his, his own half collecting the ball. You see him going up, you know, should I have a penalty running through... I think it was in the 92nd minute or something like that, he looked a wee bit leggy and you were thinking, no wonder. But he seems to go for the entire 90 minutes harassing defenders. You know, he must be an absolute nightmare to kind of defend against. And yet again, I don't even think you've seen half of what he's capable of. I think you'll see that next season. I can't wait to see him play with Kyogo. Um, he's just he's just a really, really exciting footballer. And the great thing about him is, see, even if he's not having a great game, footballing-wise, you're going to get that effort. You're going to get that intensity. And it was just great to see. Fantastic. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I think also what um, I love so much about Maeda is, is it's both sides of the ball, too. Um, like Sir Manny said, you, you'll see him, you know, in our own half defending, chasing down a player. I think, uh, you know, also, like you said, kind of helping out Juranovic, that was kind of crucial to maybe calming the game down a bit. Um, I also think, I mean, his movement is unbelievable. And I think, like you said, kind of imagining a front three of, say, you know, um, Maeda, Kyogo, and Jata, I think the movement in that front three is, you know, salivating. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm freaking out just thinking about it. But I do think, I mean, he's just been such a stupendous player the last couple of games, you know, I think we're actually trying, you know, we're actually seeing kind of what he's all about. And I do think some of his struggles had to do with obviously kind of played in you know, a couple of different positions. Obviously he could play kind of the whole front three, but I do think maybe coming to a new club and kind of, you know, switching around so much, um, you know, might've put him off a little bit, but man, was he, he was, I mean, there's not enough superlatives to really kind of say how he played yesterday. And I think we got that a lot um, from a lot of those January players, not necessarily in, in the uh, the game the other day, but even the three nil game kind of, we just get that. I think there is that like intensity with all of them really that, yeah. that I think that we were definitely badly missing, especially in the midfield uh, last season. Uh, so yeah, I I really can't wait to see kind of you know full season preseason next season. So looking forward to that. Yeah, I mean it was it was a double dunter there, and you just fucking uh, patch GG. So thanks very much for that, Eddie. Um, I well, thought um, no 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 that's your Celtic fan bias. Quick 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 quick. I I kind of I kind of agree. I think he did his job yesterday, and his job was to be an absolute shit house. And I think the last like half an hour of the game, he was incredible at it. You know, I think we need him to hold the ball up sometimes. And I think I think it was Lorenzo who said it on the reaction, but he loves falling on his ass. He loves that. He he mm. loves it too much. And I think you know you're going to get clocked for that. So if you're trying to if you're trying to win a foul you know, maybe try to run around a player and fall down instead of just literally just falling on your ass. But I do think, you know, his ball, obviously to Abada, Abada should have finished that. Um, but I do think he has that mentality of kind of 
grinding it out for everyone else, you know, like doing the dirty work for everyone else. I do think he can improve on some of that, obviously, especially kind of holding up the ball and bringing other players into the game. But I think, you know, I feel like he just kind of did what we needed him to do, but also when he did it and how he did it, I mean, that just broke them even more. I mean, you look how Ryan Jack kind of reacted to his challenge. I mean, he was, he was broken already. You know, so that was just kind of insult to injury. They were all kind of that. That's classic for them, though. Losing their heads when we kind of, you know, give them shit at the end of the game when we're ahead. You know, they they lose their cool. I'm I'm I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I'm really comfortable with what Jack and Marcus is. You know, in terms of his, where he is in the squad. I watched that game and I thought, you know, that that is a focal point. You could see in that game for me that Kyogo would have been night and day from Jack Jackamakis because of the different types of player. Mm-hmm. But Jackamakis is going to get you so many stinking ugly goals in games that we would struggle to get goals. Otherwise, he's already done it. And you know, and I said it in the reaction. You know, see if he starts on Saturday. Brilliant because. It's going to be sticky. They're going to sit in behind the ball and see if he's there. He's clapping in. I don't care. I'm really comfortable with what he brings to the team, you know. And it was a hard day. I think it was a really hard shift for him on Sunday. But he still had some decent moments of quality, you know. But I'm comfortable saying, and I've said it before, I don't think, I wouldn't be comfortable with was relying him on all, all the time. But there's certain games where I want the big man in. Um, and I, I'm, I'm pleased he plays for us because I think he brings a lot to the team. Yeah, I think just quickly before I move on, just like I think you you said it, uh, you know, perfectly. He's the guy that kind of when Kyogo comes back, if you're in a situation where you need a goal or you need that kind of you know winding up the other team, like he's going to be there, you know. And I think it's not necessarily expecting him to do things that we know he can't do. It's just improving on the things we know he can do, and he has done. So it's it's you know, like you said, I'm I'm perfectly fine with the player that he is, and I think that's kind of how I was and how most people were the whole time, because, you know, you see the way he played, um, you know, in uh, the Netherlands, you see kind of, you know, what kind of goals he was scoring and you expect that, you know, you were told that he was that player, you expect that. And I think early on, we didn't see a lot of that at all, but I just think he had to settle in and and now he's doing what we expected him to do and, and hope that he would do. And he just needs to, you know, build on that confidence and just keep doing that. That's all. I think he's. I think he's became. He's made himself a massive part of this squad, and I, I think he's. Uh, you know, he is a brilliant teammate to have, and I think he's really worked hard for this team. He gets it. I mean, you can see that he absolutely gets it. He was pumped up for that game. He had a great defensive clearance in the second half, and I think you're right, Eddie. You mentioned it about Maeda having both sides of the ball. Maybe Giamakis didn't have the kind of offensive side as much, although he he, he done a lot of work off the ball to disrupt their defence in their centre halves. It, it was his defensive work that was so impressive and his work rate. But um, yeah, I thought, again, just him and Maeda just set the tone for the rest of the team. It was excellent. Um, I, I mentioned earlier about Hatati being out and who could possibly come in. I didn't even mention probably the, the number one candidate, which was David Turnbull, who came on. Um, good to see him. Again, get some game time working back to full fitness and, and I think it'll be interesting to see how much of an influence he possibly has. If you do drop Hatati out, put Turnbull in, you know, he carried us, him and Roger carried us for the first half of the season. You know, he might be back to do a job for us in, in the remaining games. 
So Manny, um, we're obviously getting towards the end of things and, and we've got a, a few kind of um, holistic points to talk about with, in terms of um, the manager and things like that. But before we get away for the game, Abada, you mentioned him earlier and, and his, his chances. I mean, he, he should have probably had a couple of goals. Abada, yeah. I mean, the first one... The first one he was maybe just on, so you could say he's maybe not quite warmed himself into the game yet. His first touch was poor, and and then the, the actual snapshot wasn't was wasn't wasn't at the quality required. The second one, though, see people that are kind of saying that McGregor made a great. He, he literally threw his hand up in the only place that Abada could have put it that he could have saved. If he keeps that low, or if he goes to either side, it's a goal he could have taken a touch. So. I was pretty uncomfortable with praising McGregor for that save because, quite literally, he just did that. I know that's a podcast and I just put my hand straight up in the air there, but I think people might have got that. But for me, you know, that would have been a very welcome third goal at that juncture. I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy giving him no praise at all, by the way, just uh, Thanks for to note that. Cheers, yeah. mate. Cheers. Thanks, thanks for uh, backing me up there. But yeah, Abad, I mean, Abad is a guy that I've kind of, you know, had a bit of a kind of love-hate relationship with. Well, love-hate's not right. I've just, at some points this season, I think he's looked really poor, but I'm not going to give him a huge hard time about that one. You've got to love him, man. He comes on and well, he, 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 he affected the game. I mean, he could have, I mean, I know he obviously yeah. didn't score, but he's made chances for himself. And I think that's no, the thing where bad, it, that that's his role really in it. Well, he's that's made, his role in the team. He scored some really important goals for us this season. So the point I was making there is I have criticised him in the past. I ain't going to criticise him too heavily for that, for the you know the, the two chances he missed. Mostly because we won, otherwise I probably would have. But the fact we won and the fact that he's contributed so well in the past, he's a young guy, you know, he'll develop. But yeah, he'll be disappointed with them as well. Um, but, you know, as you say, he was in the right place to kind of get the chances. So take the positives from it. Eddie, um, you know, as you mentioned earlier, the, the second half was a grind, man. It was defending balls into the box. And I think I think there's a lot of, you know, I think probably most people people are guilty of this. You look at it with hindsight and you think, ah, oh, we were brilliant, defended fantastic, but it was fucking painful to watch and it was a worry, you know, because you think, how good are we at defending crosses into the box and how good are these centre-halves going to be at it? Well, we pulled it off, we done it, we were resolute, we, we defended heroically, and not that he created massive chances, but just dealing with those uncertain balls into the box, which disrupts things and, and brings a nervousness uh, at the end of a game like that, was fantastic to see. Sum up that win. How how I mean, I know we're going to talk about the league and things like that, but I mean, to go there off the back of beating them at home 3 now, you have to back it up. You can't then get beat. You have to back it up to really show that well, we're the, we are the fucking better team here and, and, and this is where we are. How massive was that victory away, especially? I mean, that's maybe easily the most important win, I would say, this season. For the title race, I guess, you know, at at this point right now, obviously there were, you know, big last minute wins that kind of kept us in it. But I think right now for us and for them, that was unbelievably massive. And I think, like you said, coming off that pure domination of the 3-0 game, 
you would, you know, I kind of had that in the back of my head that we were going to smash them like that, you know, just kind of very much similar to how we played. Um, you know, it didn't necessarily work out that way, but I think that just goes to show that we, um, I think that just goes to show that we kind of, you know, can be even more proud of winning because we went down and we ended up winning a game. And I think the second half, especially, I mean, it was, you're right. They weren't good chances, but I think, you know, we survived it and we didn't, you know, we didn't let in any goals. So I think, you know, in the past where maybe we would have, I think that builds confidence for everyone in the team. I think every, everyone who is out there kind of weathering that storm of, you know, balls into the box at the end, you know, they could kind of feel, you know, incredible about that. And I think you saw that after the game, just, just by their reaction, I think. And as you said, just, just throughout the whole season, the way that they react to each other, the way that they react to the fans, the way that they react to every win really is just incredible. And you can see their confidence building and it's individual players and you see that in performance, but it's also the team as well. So I think it's, I mean, you can't really say how huge it is. It's, it's incredibly big. Tomani is, um, you kind of have to punch yourself a wee bit. I mean, we have, considering where we started from this season and everything that happened in the summer and last year and all that, we've got no right to be in this position. Like, it is nuts. The scale of the turnaround, the scale of the, you know, the, the rebuild and the range. And, like, it's one thing to write it in a book. It's another thing to deliver and possibly, and I, I know I'm being flippant and saying it's in the bag and all that, but, I mean, we're on the verge now. We are competing for this. It's not a case of fairy tale shit. We're down to the, the last games of it. We're going for a treble now. I mean, that would be, I mean, where would that rank in terms of achievement for you? For a man of the 90s? For a man of the 90s, yeah. I mean, trebles were something that we only dreamed of. Even even under a new way, you know, we won one and that's the first one that had, and it happened in my lifetime. To have seen the amount that we've seen you know, since then is is remarkable. This though is now. Is it bigger than the only one? No, no, no. It isn't. I mean, it, let's not get carried away, right? In terms of in terms of the turnaround, though, it's. I think there's parallels between O'Neill's turnaround of Advocate and Postecoglou's turnaround of well, it was Gerard, but now Van Bronckhorst. In terms of how far behind we were to where we are just now. It's not as big the gap, obviously, but it, you know where we were. I think is a point of it. it is it, it, there is some parallels there? I think though as well, and Ange deserves all the credit, hundred percent the credit for this. I just think it also highlights that we were should have been even with the squad we had last season should have been nowhere near as far back. It was just uh, that's how inept you know the the leadership was last season. And so, I mean, there's players. We're we're talking about Rogic, you know, and 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 other guys like even McGregor wasn't great last season. Guys like Beaton, people on the total and utter scrap heap, right? And a bit of leadership, you know, a plan, a philosophy, right? And they've turned these guys from also runs into big big players last season. So, in terms of, 
I think there's a there was a wee bit of a a wee bit of a false picture in terms of how bad we were. Obviously, the squad was threadbare, and you know because we get a lot of short term loan signings. But I still think we did have some great players in there that were obviously very short in confidence, very short of drive and leadership, and Angie's kind of taking them up, you know. But in seeing all that, I think it is absolutely remarkable what he's done. Where does it rank? It's it's not quite a Neil's treble. Um, it's maybe not quite as good as Roger's first one. <laughs> And I don't even know if we're going to win the treble, Louis, because you've kind of lulled me into this one, talking about something that we might win. But see, even just to, if we win the league this season, it's utterly, utterly remarkable. And I don't think you can say anything other than Ange Postacoglu is a miracle worker, basically. Eddie, where do you, you know, how do you read the psychology of it all? Where, where do you think the two teams are now? They, they've obviously got their European games as well to to think about and that seems like a totally separate thing for them like they seem to perform in that and yet they can't do it in the, the domestic game but do you think because I mean personally I think they're going to be so fragile now I, th- I think everything's about to collapse for them big time but you know we do have that game in a couple of weeks in the the Scottish Cup we've got the Obviously, another game against them at Celtic Park, and, and the gap really at this point with the goal difference and things is seven points. Like, where, how do you think it's it's balanced? Where do where do you think both teams are in terms of their mental fragility? I mean, I think you said it right there. I think um, they are kind of the cracks are showing, I guess, at this point. And I think, um, especially going into Europe, you know, I think they. I think they were talking about it on uh, is it Sports Sound or uh, Super Scoreboard, one of one of those two, about kind of um, how great they've been in Europe, but how terrible they've been in the league for the most part. Not terrible, but just how they haven't had the same kind of, you know, they haven't played the same way or haven't, you know, had as much success. But I think that really goes to show um, where they are. And I think knowing now, you know, after that win, that they are kind of, you know, it's all on them really. And and we obviously have, you know, we don't have Europe. We do have important games. We have stressful games that we're going to have to play, but I think we're definitely in a better position coming, coming out of that game for sure. And I think confidence, just even confidence wise, I would say this team is at all time high, you know, as far as the season goes, as far as individual players go, as far as players coming back from injury go, as far as Ange goes, you know, I feel like there is this sort of kind of bravado about it, you know, and I think Ange exudes that. Um, obviously, I think we would be thinking different if we were not doing as well, but I think, you know, it comes off well now. And I think it's, you know, it's impossible not to get behind it. And I'm sure the players feel the same way. So I think, yeah, after after that game, they they're at an all time low, and they're going to be climbing up against it. You know, it's they're they're up against it right now. So Manny, we've got the, you know, we are obviously getting carried away, but fuck it, why not? Um, we've got a game against St Johnson on Saturday, three o'clock kickoff. Um, very important, obviously, to to obviously get the win, of course, but you know to to sh- prove that we're not taking our eye off the ball, that we're not getting complacent. How do you feel about that game? What changes would you make, if any, to the start in the 11? I, I personally, um, for my two cents, I 
you know how sometimes you think that the team's getting tired maybe at this t- time of the season things like that I don't see it and I think it goes to what Eddie's just said about them brimming with confidence I think we're going to fucking dance over the line to this league I think we're going to blow them away and put on a put on a fucking show and I think it it, it starts on Saturday when St Johnson come I think hopefully we'll see Kyogo obviously Ange had mentioned that and be interested to see if you think he'll start but I, I, I think we win it in style now what do you think? I hope so I mean, Saturday's a game that worries me more than it probably worries others, or maybe it worries me more than it should, because it's very easy to... I mean, we beat them 1-0 at home at the start of the season, or was it... Gigi's first goal, was that against St Mirren? I can't remember. I think it was... We won 1-0 at Celtic Park. It might have been St Johnson. No, no I think that was St Johnson. It was a nice finish. Not, I think we, won... we, beat him, uh, we, we beat him 2-0. In the beginning of the season. Yeah, or, right. I mean... I think it was Kyoko. 3-1 three, three, away as well. So the, I suppose the point I'm making is they're going to come, they're going to park the bus. And, you know, we've seen the other games this season where, you know, it's been really stifled. It's really been really sticky. We've been with... There's been in the past where we've won games against them and then we've slipped up in the next game. As... I'm no caring if we kind of dance over the line, right? It'd be nice to see if that was the case. Give me a one now, one right now. Give me a deflected in off Gigi's ear or something. I really, really don't care. Um, I think these games. Hale meant that, by the way. Yes, he will have. Yes, Saturday's every bit as important as Sunday was. You know, there's the psychology attached to that, but there's also psychology attached to the fact that we drop points, and I can guarantee that people won't be coming on and kind of crowing about the treble being in the bag if we draw against St Johnson on Saturday. Now, I don't think we will. And I think the last time we played them, we went and we, you know, we got a good result after it, you know, and and I think we'll do that. But no complacency, Louis. No complacency. Six cup finals left in the league. Cliche time. Wasn't wasn't like this in the nineties and all that. Fucking hell. (laughs) Um, Any changes you'd like to see in the team? Um. You know, I think that's the good thing about the squad. You know, you could bring Beaton in there. You could move McGregor forward. You could give Hatati. You know, put McGregor in the eight, give Hitati a, a break. Easily bring Ralston in in a game like Saturday as well. You know, if you want to give Juranovic a bit of a, a kind of rest too. Uh, and if Keogh goes back involved, you'd obviously want to see him at one point. A bad I can come in. You know, we've got options there that the team won't really be kind of overall weakened. Uh, and I, I think it would be a good idea to maybe make some of those changes on Saturday. Um, knowing that the weekend after that we're, we're, we're going to have a big game on a Sunday so I'd be happy to see the likes of kind of Ralston and um, Beaton or whatever maybe come in and, and, and just give the other players a bit of a break Eddie um, obviously changes for yourself personally I would you know, I would quite like to see Turnbull come in for Hitati I think um, I, I also think probably I mean, he's no, he's surely no Superman. Maeda must be knackered. Maybe resting Maeda, bringing Abada back in, him and Jota out wide, and maybe Kyogo up front. You know, that was our first choice forward three for a while. Um, that that sort of thing appeals to me. What about yourself? How are you feeling about the game Saturday? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Sermani kind of put it correctly that kind of every game is kind of so crucial that it's not necessarily. I guess tops in my mind to think about, you know, what I would change really. I wouldn't change too much. I would like to see Ibotta play probably, um, you know, simply for, like you said, Maeda's got to be absolutely gassed. 
Um, but yeah, generally, I think, like you said, you could really kind of mix and match anything and it's not going to be completely different. Uh, you're not going to kind of lose, um, you know, you're not going to kind of lose steam. I think um, all of the players kind of, you know, there's this kind of gear system where, you know, one goes in, the other comes out, the other moves up, you know, it's kind of, you know, it's a well-oiled machine at this point. So I think anything that Ange thinks about is, is fine by me, but I just think that, um, yeah, I, you know, it's, it's a game that we have to win. And I think, I think going into it, I am a little bit nervous. Obviously they're not a team that kind of really scores many goals. So you obviously know what you're going to expect from them. I think really all of these games are up to us. We can't necessarily, I mean, really all of it's up to us, uh, whether we win this league or whether we win a treble, whether we win anything, you know, I think it's up to us really. So I think I'm really interested to kind of see how we're going to attack the game more so like, what was it? The second or thir- the third time we played Livingston, we, you know, we played them kind of different than we played them the first two times, you know, kind of just taking that into account, I guess, you know, uh, you know, what works best, what works best um, in the Andrew system as far as, you know, for the game at hand. So yeah, it's, it's, it's all up to us. It's all up to us. I think we're going to see Celtic, uh, the Glasgow Celtic putting on this style for the remaining games. Starting on Saturday, oh, it's good to be here. It's good to be in this position. And to, it's, um, you know, last season is um, a, a not too distant memory, but at, at least we're in a better place now and uh, we're positive again. This has been a pleasure, lads. It's been brilliant. Um, hopefully we've got a couple more of these uh, weeklies to talk about after after pumping them. Uh, Eddie Walsh, pleasure as always, my man. Thank you guys for having me. Good time, as always. Um, Christopher Samani. It's been beautiful, Lee. What a result. Let's just keep it going. My name's John Smith. How dare you? Um, this has been uh, the Cynic Weekly. We are back. We're back. We're bang. Six points clear. Trebles in sight. People are going to hate me for saying that. Uh, Eddie's doing a thing I can't talk about live on air. But um, we will speak to you down the road. <laughs>